0: You're listening to Proudly Said, a Brave Questions Safe Spaces program series presented by VML YR's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Practice. We're here today to discuss topics from across the rainbow spectrum, designed to give listeners a deeper insight to the LGBTQ community, free of judgment and full of pride. The conversation shared on this episode sheds light to four individuals' experiences and is not meant to represent our entire community. Hello and welcome. My name is Alan Schieber, and today I am excited to share with you a conference call I had with some of my VML Y&R colleagues. We sat down to discuss our personal stories of how we each came out of the closet. Coming out is a complicated experience. You not only have to personally come to terms with your sexuality or gender, but then also take the leap and share your truth with those around you. National Coming Out Day is on October 11th and marks the anniversary of the 1979 March on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. 10 years after the Stonewall riots, between 75,000 and 125,000 queer people and our allies marched to demand equal civil rights an urge for the passage of protective civil rights legislation. Since then, on or near every October 11th, thousands of gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or non-binary people and our allies celebrate National Coming Out Day, with workshops, speak outs, rallies, and all other kinds of events aimed at showing the public that LGBTQ people are everywhere. National Coming Out Day is a moment to let the general public understand that people that they already like, know, and respect just happen to also be queer this visibility is one of the strongest tools we have in our movement towards full human rights that we're still fighting for today. In today's episode, we'll hear from four individuals from across the rainbow spectrum about their personal coming out stories, and we'll start today's discussion with Jeff.
1: Hi, I'm Jeff. It's really nice to, to be here with you all. Uh, I work at VMI in Brazil, and I work as a PR and diversity director uh, at my office. Uh, and I think that a good story to, to to tell about coming out day for everybody. In fact, it's like some stories on how uh, in our journey we we, we identify uh, our our struggles and we change and we 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 get better. I feel like my my professional and my personal life they. They lived a lot of moments of of coming out. First, uh, for my family when I was a teenager, still in school, uh, I had a lot of doubts of who I I was or if I liked girls or if I liked boys. And I had to to follow some of my family rules uh, while uh, I was discovering that. But I I think I had a great opportunity when I was in high school that I I went to a school where uh, sexuality was a very free topic. And there was like bisexual people, transgender people, and like uh, everything was very uh, mixed there. So I had uh, this other point uh, of view of life, that didn't have, like, a great fit with my family uh, instructions until now. So it's where I, I found out that I, I, I could, like, try and experiment and, and, and discover, you know, new stuff. Uh, and then at that time, I I, I had my first... Uh, opportunities to share with my family what I was feeling and it was not like a great moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think that during uh, my uh, teenage years so from uh, 14 until I was 17 uh, it was not a moment that we talked a lot about that so I had my, my my friends knowing who I was and uh, out of our our house on the streets, I could be one person, but I had to be really close in my feelings and my experiences inside our house. Uh, then when I was 17, I, I went to a exchange student program to the United States. So I spent like seven months there. It was a, a, a great moment to... To feel free to be who who I was uh, without my family, uh, staying all the time looking for my stuff and and kind of uh, invading my my space. And then when I came came back, I felt like that I I could lead the life as I I felt I should. So I, I start getting a job, start uh, college, and start doing things. Always uh, looking for sharing with people uh, the real Jeff. But I think that uh, even my, my family seeing my progress as a professional person, as a in my lifestyle, uh, the sexuality uh, issue was always there, and I think that I took some years to get their respect uh about like uh, the whole part of me, uh, like oh, I was a great professional, I was doing great stuff and and things that uh, were bringing pride to my family and to my life and to my families. But for them was uh, at least I felt like that uh, they could change that all. Uh, if I was straight, it would be better. And well, that took me to lots of dark places, where I uh, I felt like a lack of this uh, family love support about like being who I was. So I didn't have like uh, boyfriends or partners I could bring home. I didn't have. Uh, my friends coming over my, my my parents' place and stuff like that. But I kept going and I kept leaving. And like with time, I I learned to separate stuff. And there was like a moment in my life that I discovered I was HIV positive. And I remember a thing that my mom used to say when I was a teenager, oh, uh, if you want to be gay, you're gonna be HIV positive and you're gonna be a uh, drug head and stuff like that. And then when I, I found out about that, it was, oh my God, I just did everything my mom told me not to do and uh, I was wrong. But at that moment, they, uh, my parents were the, the first People I talked to, they were very lovable with me, and they took care of me in that like uh, hard moment I was living at. And I think that uh, that that was one of the first moments I, I I felt that they were with me, loving me, supporting me, uh, despite of my sexuality. So I think that uh, this happening uh, gave us the the, the opportunity of uh, respecting and, and getting closer to each other. But Everything's not uh, uh, as easy as we would like. So I, I can tell that I spent like from 18, 19 to 24, uh, living uh, in another dark, dark place about HIV. Uh, and then in 2015, I. I I looked for a a group from people living with HIV to share about my feelings and uh, how I was uh, living with that. And then I part... no, in 2014, but in 2015 I participated in a a campaign, an ad campaign, that uh, went out worldwide telling about my story, uh, but I forgot to tell my parents I was going to participate in that. Sorry, remember we were having lunch in a restaurant and then there was a TV on the restaurant and then it was like me telling my story. And I said, oh, mom and dad, just to tell you something, remember that I'm HIV positive. You no, know, like everybody knows about that because I just participated in, <laughs> in the net campaign. And that was very, very, very good for my life because uh, I didn't have a problem being, being what I thought at the time that I thought I identified as, as, as a gay guy because I, I was living out of the closet uh, everywhere but being HIV uh, positive uh, was difficult for me because I I was always afraid that uh, someone would discover something about me and I had something to to hide and it was tension and relationships and everything was like really hard to, to live with and that moment when the, I participated on that campaign was a, a, a freedom moment. That oh, nobody has uh, the right and uh, our way to come and and, and, and harm me somehow about being who I am. Uh, my parents were a, a little bit like, uh, oh. Now, like everybody knows, or yeah, your grandma and friends and people start calling. Uh, but I think it was like a very mature decision I took at the time, and I think also it was a, a moment that everybody, like family, friends, also came close. A lot of my uh, behaviors and struggles uh, became clear. Uh, I think with uh, a lot of people. So, well, I felt free, I think, that coming out when you decide to do that, because there are always times when people <laughs> count you out. It has a lot to do with, with freedom, like being who you are, being comfortable with that, not having anything to hide. Uh, well, and after that, I had my relationships and I had lots of... Uh, Good and great experiences, and I learned I was like not a very common gay guy. That I was more open. To what like in, in the West people call queer. So I'm not really thinking about like the the the, the gender or the behavior. I, I think I like more people and and how they they express themselves and how they. Dealing to the world and well, now I, I, am being with someone with two, but for two years and my family know them. We go to my parents' house, uh, their parent, his parents come here. Uh, so we are very close. They know each other. So we live like a family. We're living together for like three months now. And it's been a, a great experience. We are, we are open. We are honest. We have our struggles. But, well, I think that it was not always easy, but uh, it was the easiest way than believing hiding uh, some things uh, about uh, my life experience uh, in these years. And I think that hiding and not being able to express myself, not being able to tell about my experience and how these. Uh, this experience, uh, allows me to, to, to take some decisions, uh, would be worse in my personal, professional, spiritual, and, uh, all all parts of my life.
0: I love how your story encompasses so many different moments of coming out, right? Like it's not just about, um, coming out as gay and that's it. The story's over, right? There's so many, so many great examples that you just shared this show Um, that this is really a long for a lot of, for a lot of queer people, it's a really long journey. So thank you so much for sharing that with all of us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, next up, we are going to hear from Marissa.
2: Hey there. Um, I'm Marissa. I'm based out of the New York office. Um, I work in client engagement. Uh, wow. Jeff, I just want to say that when you had said, um, the, the process led you through some dark places that really resonated with me. Um, so I'll like probably nod back to that. Um, and part of, you know, what, I, what I'll share, but I just wanted to say like, thank you for sharing that vulnerability and just putting it out there. Cause I think that's something we don't always talk about so openly when talking about coming out. Like, it seems like it's a really difficult process. We kind of all think, Oh yes, it's difficult. It is tough, but we don't actually say it. So I just want to thank you for, for putting it out there. Um, in terms of where I'll start, um, so I guess before I could start kindergarten, um, I chose to rename myself Brandon, um, and I began to correct my parents, um, when they were using pronouns, um, and I asked for the pronouns he, him, um, so, you know, I was raised with she, her pronouns, now I, I prefer they, them, um, but I'll pretty much take any pronoun, um, and... And you know, kind of in terms of of what Brandon meant to me, I don't remember it too well, um, but I remember the feeling of like being on the playground at preschool and not feeling like a quote unquote girl. Um, And I kind of just stifled a lot of that for the next like 15 years. Um, And I lived in my childhood and my teen years in a really like normative community. Um, I was raised in LA, you know, so like, when I got to high school, um, I had friends who came out about their sexuality and definitely became more aware of queer culture and the queer community in general. But I didn't really explore how I fit into that um, or or really like saw myself as part of it. I was just like, oh, I'm an ally. I feel a super big relationship to this. Don't really know what it is. Um, and it actually wasn't until like late college um, that my gender identity kind of resurfaced as a theme of my life again. Um, I was dating someone who let me dive into their closet and wear whatever clothes I wanted to wear. Um, And it kind of brought up something for me where I started just feeling more comfortable about my own presentation when I didn't assign like clothing a gender. It was just like, these are pants. They're a different cut of pants. This is a different cut of shirt. Um, I like this shirt. Um, And so that started, you know, kind of to bring up my gender identity again. Um, and you know, that, that broke off. I started dating new people, um, you know, like women or people who had come out as gender non-conforming. Um, and I started saying out loud to these people, you know, when I meet them, I'm not really sure about my sexuality and I'm not really sure about my gender and kind of left it at, left it at that. Um, and I got, you know, shortly thereafter into a long-term relationship with someone, um, who identifies as straight. Um, so I didn't really feel any pressure to, further self-reflect on my gender um, or my sexuality. And so one of my friends um, commented to me how they'd seen me dancing around the New York pride parade, like in the parade. Um, And they told me that they'd never seen me looking so happy that I was just like, you know, kind of like living my best life level of exuberant, just dancing around the streets. And I was immediately just like pulled into a wave of sadness. Um, and I was like, okay, I really, I really need to explore this. Like, I, I think I've kind of just been avoiding it, but oof, like, you know, it's a big exploration to take on and really face with yourself. Um, so I was really scared because I had a stable job, I had a stable relationship and I had a stable like family dynamic and I didn't want to disrupt any of that. Um, and I was unsure about where to start and I was scared of getting it wrong, which is such a, like a specific concept of like, you know, I don't want to tell people something about myself and then be wrong about myself. I want to make sure that I'm really, really positive about who I am before I start telling the world. Um, and I want to feel secure enough to to know that that's like not going to shift, which we'll get more into anyway. Um, but, you know, I'd kind of lay in my bed and like scour the internet for definitions and terms, um, all of like theories and articles and like all of these things that I can just kind of, read through. Um, and I spent a lot of time alone just thinking about this. Um, and I came across the term gender nonconforming, um which is sometimes put as the acronym GNC. Um, and it just like clicked. Uh, and it was a real relief. You know, I felt really validated that there was, you know, some type of like, i I don't have a better word for it than label, but you know, there was like a set of words that described how I was feeling where, Um, You know, it wasn't really this or that. It was just kind of, I'm here. Some days I feel a little bit more masculine. Some days more feminine. Some days that doesn't even apply. Um, And it felt like a right space for me to, you know, kind of identify with. So I felt definitely validated. But then it opened up the question of like, great, how do I tell everyone? How do I come out? Who do I have to tell about this? Do I owe anyone this story? Um, But I knew I couldn't keep it to myself. Um, And that was really like that was something that was actually really highlighted for me. um, when I started learning about, you know, some of, I would say like icons or like legends within the queer community, like Marsha P. Johnson, um, like Sylvia Rivera, like reading their stories and like their bravery of just existing, um, as such like vulnerable people, you know, women of color, trans women of color, um, who are sex workers that, that really like, fortified the belief that I had that like, I couldn't just shy away from this and I shouldn't like pull it in or keep it in that I could shout it out. Um, and kind of, you know, like put my story out there, but also be inspired by other people who had, um, and so, you know, I just kind of like told the person I was dating and I hope for the best. And I kind of accepted like, this might be the end of this relationship. Um, but it wasn't. And that was a couple of years ago and we're still dating. Um, We just agreed to call each other partners um, and we kind of opened the dialogue between ourselves. Um, I probably didn't choose the best time to tell him that, (laughs) that, you know, I was, I was going through this. He was like out of town, but I had to, I just like had to tell him immediately. Um, So, you know, when he came back into town a few days later, we like really started talking it out. And that's when we realized um, I'm the same person, you know, he fell in love with, has always loved. I just have an identity for that person, you know, I've actually iterated it. Um, so that was really cool. And I consider myself really lucky, um, in that regard. Um, and then in terms of like coming out to my parents, um, so they're in California, that's where I grew up. Um, and I called them and I told them kind of what I'd been feeling. Um, and it was them actually who asked, like, I didn't even bring it up. They asked, um, is this like Brandon, like when you were little and I, I like, Immediately was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that like three year old me set it up for myself this way. Yes, that's that's this is what I mean. Like, this is yes, that's that's very similar to like what I'm saying when I say gender identity or you know, different pronouns. Yes, that's what I mean. Um, and so that was kind of the start of like how we started co creating a language to talk about my identity together. Um, And we agreed that it'd be better to talk in person. So I flew to L.A. um, and things did not go well at all in person. It was like a much different conversation and it got really nitty gritty. Um, My brother definitely had a difficult time discussing it with me. Um, And, you know, in terms of kind of family dynamics, all of all of what can come up when you're discussing it with your family, I think, came up like every single thing just came up from the gutter. Um, and we were all you know, kind of talking through it and working through it together. Um, and in terms of you know, kind of where that that netted out, you know, I, I do talk with my parents about it very openly. Um, my dad had a younger coworker who had come out in his workplace. so he was a little bit more familiar with what gender identity versus sexuality was. My mom's first language is, is Spanish, so it's you know a language that I share with her also but it's a very gendered language. So she explained to me, you know, I have, I have a hard time separating gender from language, so this is just going to take a while. It would be easier if I understood, you know, if you had just said I'm bisexual or something, I would get that quicker. And I said, well, I am, I think I am, I'm not sure on that either, but still working through it. And that's how I came out to my parents about my sexuality in the same, just kind of like fell swoop. Um, so... If I had any advice to share with someone about coming out, sometimes just putting it out there, um, all in one conversation, if you can do that, um, just work it in and talk about it all at once. Um, I think in terms of like how I came out to my friends or my workplace, that's, you know, something a little bit different. So I kind of identified, you know, the people that I really wanted to know from me personally and I called them and I set up little dates and I said, you know, let's go to dinner. I know in like a pandemic, this is harder to do. Um, but I set up, you know, like little dates, like little dinner dates or cocktail dates. And I just said, um, I kind of have like a personal update I want to share with you. Um, and some of them knew what I meant immediately. Some of them were like, I've known this about you the whole time. I just didn't say anything. Um, and some people, you know, maybe, maybe we're a little less upfront about having caught on to it, but just you know, reassured me and let me know um, that they really, they didn't have, I guess, like a changed perception about me in in a negative way. Um, And that felt really, really special that I had friends um, who are generally all supportive. Um, I definitely had, you know, kind of the, the challenger, like, query about like, how do I come out in a place where it's not just set up for me, or it's not like a super intimate friendship like a workplace or like you know an acquaintance um and for the workplace I I told my bosses at the time um but I don't know if they really they kind of just like mentioned like oh okay like that's great good for you um and we kind of left it at that um and so now I think in the workplace when it comes to coming out um I usually kind of just like wait till it really comes up or until someone asks me directly um just because I don't I don't tend to, uh, I guess I don't tend to highlight it a whole lot. Um, but like in terms of, you know, joining affinity groups at work, like I'll definitely, you know, like put it out there. Um, but I don't, I actually don't have my pronouns in my signature or anything, um, which is something I've been meaning to do, but I always like kind of feel intimidated by that, especially with client engagement, right? Like you're trying to build a relationship with someone and I don't want to be, um, supposing that everyone will be accepting, Um, so that, that is, I think something that I struggle with and is a challenge, um, in terms of like casual acquaintances or people I've just met, I'll usually just like slip it in somewhere and then hope that they get it. Um, it's a lot easier if it's someone new, if it's someone that I've known for a long time, um, I actually did let my really close friends know, like, feel free to tell other people this, um, so that it could kind of take some of the burden off me, um, which a, like a few rock stars in my life definitely were like, yes, I will. Asking other people to help me like in conversation with a larger group, like correct someone's, um, unlike use of pronouns or mention like my life day life update to others was really helpful. Um, and I, I am really, really glad that, um, I did that. Um, cause at the time it was more like, I just can't bear to do this for everyone. It's too exhausting. Um, But now I realize, I think that's just one of the things that like friends are really good for, you know, they have your back when you really need them. um, And that's something that you can ask people in your life to do. Um, So yeah, I would say in terms of like, general experience, um, I think I had the yeah, definitely the toughest time with my family. Um, But co-creating that language of like, this is what it means for me. Um, You know, my mom, I think had a really hard time readjusting the word daughter. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, mentioned to her and now she calls me her creation, which I think is very sweet, um, because it's kind of, you know, the same, like, uh, or like "creación" in Spanish, it's, it's the same kind of emotion of like you're someone that I brought into this world. Um, so that's, you know, a little bit about like my coming out story, um, and how, how it went, I would say it was overwhelmingly positive. Um, and just about every way, um, I feel really grateful for that. Um, and I know that I know that um, it took me kind of like a long time. I think, you know, some people go through it in like high school or, or you know, kind of like early college. And mine was definitely like once I already had a full time job and thought I had figured out a lot of my life. Um, so now I'm more comfortable with that. And I understand that there's no like actual age or time frame for anything to have to happen by. Um, and I was definitely on like the leader side of anyone that I knew in terms of identifying with the queer community. Um, but it's never really too late. And I guess, you know, any age you want to figure it out and actually like let people know um, and really like wear that, wear that self-identity really proudly. Um, I think any age is is a good one to do that.
0: I think I'm up next, but I a hundred percent agree with you. And sometimes I think one of my favorite moments that you just shared was When uh, you said it wasn't the best timing. And I feel like a lot of people, we (laughs) identify with that, right? It's just like, once you're ready, you're ready and you got to (laughs) go.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like every, every instinct in me, like when it comes to like what I would normally do for like work or something, be like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't the right time for that communication, something like that. Like in terms of advertising, like we all know that like the moment to give the message really makes it. But at that time there was like, there's no way I can, there's no way I cannot say this right now. Um, whether that's, yeah, for the better or worse, that's just, that's how it went. That's how it was.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's such a, such a really wonderful, um, you know, message of that. It's a constant, again, a constantly evolving thing, which I think is so interesting. Um, so um, I'm up next. As I said in the intro, my name is Alan Sheeber I currently work in the Chicago office on the discoverability team, um, and I um, identify as a bisexual cisgendered male. Um, my my coming out story. Um, I want to focus a little bit more on kind of my self discovery piece versus necessarily sharing with my family and friends. Um, but I'll take let's let's go all the way back to high school. I remember being you know a freshman or sophomore in high school and talking to people and and friends would talk about how girls were attractive or how boys were attractive. And I wasn't feeling or understanding what any of those things meant. And it was really like confusing. I didn't know if I was asexual. Luckily, I had the internet and YouTube to know. Um, I lived in a very small religious farm town, but thank goodness for the internet that I was able to understand that queer people are out there and that they're normal people too, right? And so I was I struggled but I kind of didn't really worry about it and that all changed when I went to a camp for a week. Um I met a girl. She was beautiful. We were inseparable for the whole week and it was this first moment in my life where I realized what it felt like to be attracted to someone. Both, you know, either physically or emotionally, like that connection and that attraction and that almost magnetism between two people. Um and I I was excited. Hey, I was, oh I'm straight. This is cool. Um, and, and I kind of, I was like, this is what this feels like. I understand it now. And so I came back to high school and I was walking the hallways and all of a sudden I started feeling those same attraction and those things for a boy in my school. And I remember at the time it was the most jarring thing. I don't think I did anything the rest of the school day because I was completely flustered. Um, you know, between every class, it just kept kind of hitting me over the head that suddenly now I'm feeling, you know, I had an attraction for her, but now I'm feeling the same way I felt for him. So is this what attraction is? And it was super confusing. Um, And coming from a very small town and a a religious family at that moment, I really kind of separated those two attractions, which ended up biting me in the butt a little bit. Um, But flash forward to college and um, I had a really good friend, you know, it was at the time Glee was a massive thing. You know, we were we had watched Queer Eye, I was seeing all these things. And, and so she and I were having a really in-depth conversation. And to this day, I'm so grateful for her and her friendship at the time, because I really was struggling to try to figure out what my identity was. You know, my my family and my friends were all telling me to pick a side, you know, like, you're attracted to both, choose one. Um, and I it just didn't sit right with me in the moment. But I also... Um, the best way I could describe it to her and how I've described it to people since is that, you know, in college, you have block classes. So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're seeing the same people walking to and from your classes. And for me on Monday, I would walk to class and I would see uh, multiple girls and think they were attractive and beautiful. And and it was great. And then on Wednesday, potentially I could walk to class and those same three girls no longer piqued my interest, but these three or four guys did. And this like fluidity and like shifting, like kind of like quicksand of sexuality became a really difficult thing to try to work through for me personally. And I remember she and I had a lot of conversations about it. She was so supportive, but she finally, one day we were talking and I was really having a rough day because I was worried that I may never be able to be in a relationship because what if my sexuality changes again? And then I'm, you know, I'm hurting someone I'm with and it was just really tumultuous. And um, there came a moment where I said, I'm bye." I know I'm attracted to both. I don't understand what's going on. I know that I, I want to figure this out, but I'm overthinking this. And I'm worried. I'm just going to identify as bi. We're not, I'm not going to stress anymore. I'm just going to just do this. And like, so she and I knew I'm bi. And then about two months later of processing that and getting used to that mentality. Um, I was walking to class, the same block. I saw a girl that was absolutely beautiful, and attractive. And I looked to my right and I ended up seeing a guy that was attractive in that moment really became the moment that like dissolved that barrier that was in place for me, um, where I realized that these two types of attractions could coexist. Um, Truthfully, looking back at younger, at my younger self, um, I created those barriers because I felt like I had to pick. Um, I felt like I was being pressured into choosing one or the other um, in way more ways than just, you know, because that's what society says. I think I had a lot of good friends, um, both straight and queer who, didn't understand bisexuality or thought that bisexuality was just a transitionary, um, you know, identity into gay. Um, also as I started dating, um, I was finding more often than not that as an openly bisexual male, straight women are significantly less interested in you. It becomes a deal breaker and it's, it's really unfortunate. It's just kind of the truth as luckily as the world has continued to advance and move forward, some of those things are starting to fade away and get better. Um, But for me, it was it was a really big struggle. But I think once I, you know, as as things evolved and as I continued to settle down in that middle ground, all of a sudden, all of that shifting sand and that movement of my sexuality stopped. And I realized that I just I'm allowed to love whoever I want to love, um, which became a really powerful moment. And then as gender identity and as things became more mainstream and as I educated myself on them, I realized that there was actually a word for my sexuality, which was pansexual. Um, I personally still publicly identify as bi because it's way easier. Um, most more people understand bisexual, but for anyone who doesn't know, pansexual is someone who is attracted to people of all genders or regardless of gender. So for me, I don't necessarily care uh, what your gender is, or what your gender identity is. Um, for me, it's a lot more about the personality of the person and the human that you are, and the attraction that we have with each other. Um, I've definitely found that, you know, a lot of my life has just been education with people um, when I come out to them. Um, but sometimes that can get really exhausting and really daunting. And so, for me, it's easier to be publicly identified as bi, even though I know that there's a better word that describes me because for me, those are very intertwined. Um, but I think something that really kind of hits home for me is that there's been a lot of moments in my life where I've been pushed to pick one side or the other, or someone will question me or push me because they're like, well, you date, you date more guys than you date girls or you, you know, X, Y, Z, this assumption I have about you, I'm telling you that this is the box you fit in. And I've always worked really hard to not try to not be offended by that and to take a step back and focus back on education and say, you know, there are days and there were days that I wished I was just straight or I wished I was just gay because that would be easier. But for me, I found that once I was able to authentically live as who I am, um, that's when all those doors opened up and everything became so much more simple. Um, and so kind of a it just it, it clicked and I was a happier, a happier person. Um, kind of back to my earlier point about how there are there's a lot of i have dated more men than i've dated women in my life and unfortunately it's just i think an acceptance thing um i've i feel very lucky that i sit in that the middle of that spectrum um because some people don't but being so openly open about my sexuality it's actually had a lot more people who may identify as straight or may identify as gay feel comfortable to come to me and share that maybe they're questioning um some of one of my favorite stories i had a, a straight friend who was married who came to me and said I'm really attracted to this boy and I don't know why. And I'm really confused and scared. And am I by? And like he he was really, really just like turmoil inside. And we sat down and I talked and said, you know, sexuality is shades of gray you can still be attracted to someone and that doesn't necessarily mean that you want to marry that person or, you know, be with that person. Um, but that's okay. And and you should just accept that and continue to explore and learn it slowly. Don't think you need to throw everything to the wind and shift your identity right now, because he just may be an attractive person to you. That's that's sometimes how it goes. Um, so it's been, it's been really, it's been a really wonderful journey now for me of like being able to settle in that self-acceptance. And I've found now that being open about my sexuality and being pretty pretty loud about it on social media um, allows a lot more people to feel comfortable to come to me and have those discussions. And I can create that safe space for them to hopefully better understand their so- themselves. And with that, I'll now pass it over to Gretchen Mentor, who is a creative director in the New York office.
3: Um, I love all of your stories and <laughs> so much better listening than having to do your own. <laughs> Um, I love bringing everything up from the gutter, Marissa. Um, and <laughs> I think that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I definitely relate to a lot of what you're all all saying. Obviously, Alan, you and I have some overlap in that, but it's maybe um, slightly in an almost opposite way. I, I guess, like when I, um, I guess how I thought of myself as like a as a kid and stuff. Which I didn't later. I didn't think about until I was older, and I took a writing class with this guy who talked about. He came out at like sixty-seven, and he talked about how his whole life he felt like he had this extra chromosome where he was like, "Okay, I love women, but I've also got this little chromosome." It's like that man is so hot, you know. Um, So I was kind of like that. I think I felt like I was like that for a long time with women. So I always dated men, and I was always like, "Oh, but I'm also, I'm also always attracted." To women, you know? Um, and if you look back at me as a kid, you know, like I have a mullet and every shirt has cut off sleeves and, you know, you'd be like, oh, I you, you didn't know, you know, and I, I didn't, I don't know if I fully knew. Um, you know, I got into high school and I think I, 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 when I went to college, I started dating this guy who I had gone to high school with and I dated him for seven years um, like moved to New York with him, the whole thing. And, you know, but I always kind of had curiosity basically is how I would describe it or the extra chromosome. Um, and then I, you know, I broke up with him. I dated a few more guys and I went to, I started working at McCann and, um, there was a woman there, a coworker of mine who I, I basically just fell in love with. Um, you know, and I, I could feel it coming, like a freight train where I was like, oh, well, here comes this chromosome, like really, really, really riding hard into my life. Um and you know, we had another coworker who had a, a going away party. It's it's very typical. You know, we went to the the going away party. Uh I had a cut on my foot, and all I remember is sort of like using this bar napkin to clean like the cut on my foot. And I was like, this is the most romantic <laughs> moment of my life, you know? Um, and then, you know, it kind of, it kind of took off from, from there. We, um, we started to date and I was, it wasn't that I was, you know, in the closet or out of the closet. It was that it just hadn't, like, I just, I hadn't been presented with an opportunity to, I guess, to, to Marissa's point, I hadn't fully, it's like, it's like my Brandon, you know, like I had to go back and I had to look at like, wait a second, like who, who am I? And what do I need to say? And what do I need to um, do to make this right? Right. Because I'm, I'm now, uh, you know, very quickly falling in love with this person, dating this person. And, and she, you know, I have known to be a lesbian for, for a long time, identifies as a lesbian. And I was like, Jesus, I have to, um, I can't be like this closeted person that she's like dragging along behind her, right? Like I have to shoot out of the gates here, and I have to announce to the world like so that she doesn't feel that I have any any shame or any 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 shame about her um so I did so i called uh I called my brother first, and he was like, "You know, just remember if mom goes nuts, that's because mom's a little nuts, <laughs> it's not about you <laughs> um and so I called my mom, and I told her, and she was okay, you know, her first words were she was like, "Oh, but you're so pretty." <laughs> it's like which we laugh about which we laugh about now she now she now laughs she feels bad she's like you know you, you you say you have one chance to say something and that's what you go with um but she was fine you know uh my dad was fine everybody was fine and you know i think there was a a learning curve. You know, my mom would call me from the Barnes and Noble and she was looking for a book about, you know, what it's like to have a, 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 da- a gay daughter. Um, and you know, she was, she was just trying to, I think, come to terms with it. And, um, so I was like, I was kind of excited. I did this like in the East village. Um, I called everybody, you know, on my way to work one day and I got into work, um, where I worked with the the girl who I was dating. And I was like, Listen to this. <laughs> I have I've thrown open the doors of the closet. I've announced it. I'm I'm good. Like you don't have to worry about dragging me behind. Um, at which point I found out. You know she looked kind of panic stricken, and I found out that she really wasn't out to her family, um, and that even though she had kind of made it seem like she was, and and you would have you know assumed by how authentically she lived her life in New York that she was she wasn't. So, uh, my first year, my first experience in a gay relationship, which happened when I was 27, um, by the way, was, was pretty bad because it was, um, she was a big family person and she would use her vacation days to go on vacation only with her family who wouldn't acknowledge her lifestyle. Um, and her siblings would bring their boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever. Um, or her mom would call her when we were walking through the park and she would say, oh, you know, I'm just walking through the park, you know, by myself. So that was kind of my, my first, um, foray. So it was like, it was, it was very, um, uh, it, it was very difficult it, it was because in one way I felt like extremely free. And I was like, this isn't an extra chromosome. This is my entire identity. And this is where I, uh, would feel fulfilled in my life, but also I can see, how you can't just live as authentically uh, as you might in a more um, accepted way, because people have so many opinions that they feel like they can put on your life or on your partner's life. Or, um, so that was kind of a, a formative experience, but, um, from that point on, uh, yeah, we obviously, we didn't make it, unfortunately. Um, but after that I had, uh, I had some really successful uh, relationships uh, and now I'm engaged to a woman who's a social worker and has a lot of information <laughs> about where young uh, people uh, can go to for uh, for help if they're struggling with their sexuality
0: um but
3: yeah that that's my story
0: I love that so much I feel like the four of us could sit here and talk literally all day right like, like coming out stories at least for me it's like a door a window into just like our existence as, as queer people. I want to thank everyone today and all of our panelists, Gretchen and Marissa and Jeff, um, for sharing your guys' stories, because I think as our listeners just heard coming out is a complicated, um, and sometimes difficult thing to come to terms with. And then it's so complex sometimes that, you know, you can think you're good one day and then the next day things shift and change. Um, but you know, as, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, National Coming Out Day is really a moment that we can let the general public know that we're here, right? The the line that people you already like, know, and respect just so also happen to be queer. Um, But I think I challenge anyone who's listening to this who is either queer or an ally to come out on Coming Out Day as as an ally or as your true identity if you feel comfortable. Um, Because that visibility and that knowledge of our existence and our community's existence um, is the most powerful thing we have as we continue to fight for Um, full human rights. Lastly, I want to take a moment and address anyone listening to this podcast who may be struggling with their gender or their sexuality. Please know that you are 100% valid. We all know that it can be difficult and sometimes scary, um, and you may not feel like you're in a safe space to live authentically, um, but I sincerely hope that you can find some self-love and self-awareness and inner peace that you need to not only accept yourself as who you are, but also when you're ready to share with the world um, your true identity. Um, there's a saying that I think we've all heard that it gets better. Um, and I think we can all tell you that once you're able to live a more honest and authentic life, it really truly does get better. Um, VML Y&R is a safe space filled with a lot of queer people and a lot of allies. Um, but regardless, if you if you don't feel safe or you aren't ready, that's okay. Remember that you're valid and that whenever you're ready, the queer community and our allies are ready with open arms to welcome you. Crowdly Said is a podcast series as a part of our Brave Questions Safe Spaces program, a program that serves as a springboard for VMLY and our employees around the world to share, learn, empathize, and better understand each other. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify to keep up with the latest episodes.